Welcome to episode 38 of the Digital Brand Envy podcast, the nine tasks I'm outsourcing to a virtual assistant and contractors right now. Now, I could have also named this episode how to prepare to hire a virtual assistant or a contractor because I have learned so many lessons over the years and I've made a ton of mistakes in hiring for my team. And I really hope this episode helps you avoid those same mistakes that I've made. But a lot of people ask me how I get everything done. You know, I only have about 10 to 12 hours of childcare every single week. And every week I'm putting out a new podcast episode, a new blog, a new YouTube video. I'm creating new content for my courses. I'm I'm engaging in my student group. So I have two different membership sites. I have Digital Brand Envy, which is my marketing membership. And then I also have Playmaker Society, my uh, membership for indoor playgrounds playground owners who have taken my Play Cafe Academy course. And then in addition to that, I do one-off workshops. I have my one-off courses that I'm constantly updating. And it's a lot. And it's definitely a lot to get done in 10 hours a week. So I did recently start outsourcing things again. Now, full disclosure, about a year ago, I had two full-time team members. And while they were absolutely amazing, I just really wasn't in a good place in my business to have two full-time team members. It was a time where I was working with a lot of clients and I was really struggling with delegating and I couldn't figure out what I should have them do. And I actually woke up every single morning just dreading having to communicate with them. Again, no fault of their own. I just didn't have my systems organized. I wasn't sure what they would be best to do. And I ended up just kind of doing everything myself. And I felt that because of that, they didn't really get a lot out of the job experience. And I definitely didn't get a lot out of having the two full-time team members. So about a year ago, I let both of them go and I just kind of took everything on myself because I really wanted to get everything right and I wanted to learn what worked and what didn't work for my audiences. I wanted to spend an entire year getting everything perfectly up and running before I ever made another hire. And it was a very long year. I have spent a lot of time this past year working nights, weekends, working way more than I wanted to, but now I'm finally in the place where I'm hiring out again. And I really think it was important for me to spend that foundational time in my business, really getting in the trenches and rolling my sleeves up. And, you know, I could have sat back and said, I've been doing this too long. You know, I am going to kind of sit back and I'm just going to keep outsourcing. And I could have ignored that a lot of the processes in my business were broken. I could have ignored the fact that I really didn't have any great working systems. I could have just kept hiring stuff out, hiring stuff out and kind of sat back on easy street. And you know what? My business wouldn't have grown. It wouldn't have had the chance to scale. And I wouldn't have the enlightenment that I do now that allows me to delegate the most important tasks to a virtual assistant while keeping my most important tasks on my plate. So had I not really spent that time, you know, in the trenches, Uh, you know, getting really in the nitty gritty, I wouldn't have had this clarity. So I really urge you before you jump to hire someone, spend the time in your business doing the stuff yourself first. I really think that that's going to help set you up for success. Do you need to do it for an entire year? Maybe not. But for me, I just had so many different moving parts and everything was so all over the place. I was completely disorganized that I really felt like it was necessary. And now I am so confident about every single process in my business. And I have 
worked and reworked and replumbed everything and everything is now completely organized to the point that if I wanted to take a month off, I could literally have somebody step into my business, look at all of our different processes and literally nobody would even notice if I took a month off. And for somebody who has you know, been a workhorse all of her life, that is so freeing to me mentally because I know that, you know, God forbid if something happens to one of my family members or one of my kids and I need to take that time back, I know that my business will continue functioning without me. And even if I just need a little break, it's just nice knowing that I could take a month off and literally nothing would go off without a hitch. So, um, or everything would go off without a hitch rather. So I want to kind of talk you through my process of deciding which tasks I should delegate, figuring out how much time things would take, how I communicate with my virtual assistant and contractors. Because again, this is one of the most common questions that I get asked is, how do I fit everything in? So the most important thing that I want you to understand before you consider hiring a virtual assistant or a contractor is I want you to know what your QBR is. Now, this is a term, it's Queen Bee Role, and it's from the book Clockwork by Mike Michalowicz. So if you have not read that book yet, I highly, highly recommend reading it from start to finish, whether you're a solopreneur, so you're kind of running your business yourself, or if you're a brick and mortar owner and you have a team, this is such an important book that really changed the game for me in my business and allowed me to make more than ever while working less than ever and really spending more quality time with my family and working on the money-making tasks that are really going to grow my business. So just to summarize for those of you who haven't read it, your queen bee role is the main task in your business such that if everything else kind of falls to the wayside, if you stop doing all of your other tasks, your business is going to be just fine. So of course, it's a very oversimplified version because as we all know, there's so many different moving parts in our business. And if we don't do you know, a lot of the little tasks that everything could fall apart, but it's really, the goal is to force you to think about the most important thing that moves the needle in your business. So I'm gonna give you some examples. So for both of my businesses, both of my online businesses, both Digital Brand Envy and Play Cafe Academy, my queen bee role is, it's kind of a two-parter, right? So when I first got started, my queen bee role was content creation. I knew that if I put out a new YouTube video, a new podcast video, and a new blog every single week, I could kind of take a step back from every other thing and my business would continue attracting new customers, it would continue building my email list. And because I had all of my email automation set up and stuff like that, it would still allow people to be nurtured through my email sequences and they would go ahead and purchase my paid products. So again, this took a little bit of pre-work. I had to set up a lead magnet. So at the end of every podcast episode, blog, and YouTube video, I have a call to action to join my email list. So I did have to create that lead magnet. I had to create a landing page so people could opt in. And I had to create an email sequence that people would receive that upsells them to my paid offers once I nurture them with some free value. So because I had that foundation set up and I did that kind of pre-work, I knew that as long as I put out a new piece of content every single week, my business would continue running, my sales would continue generating. Even if I you know, left a lot of my emails unanswered, even if I didn't do a lot of those little tasks like scheduling on Facebook and posting on Instagram, I knew that content creation was my queen bee role. However, now that I'm a couple years in, I still put out a YouTube video, a podcast episode, 
and a blog every single week, but my queen bee role has changed a little bit. So if you are just starting out and you have a business like mine, I would venture to say that content creation and creating original content to get more eyes into your world and get more people familiar with you and your business, that is probably going to be your queen bee role. But if you're like me and you're a couple years in, your priorities might shift a little. So even though, again, content creation is very important, my queen bee role right now is getting my members success. So I'm staying engaged in my Facebook groups. I'm reaching out to people. I'm sending surveys and I'm constantly tweaking my content and understanding what it is I can do to get people success. Because once people get success with my programs, they tell other people and, you know, I have affiliate programs and I have people kind of selling my services for me. And I know that as long as I can get my members who have already paid me success, that is going to be the most needle moving thing in my business. It's going to be the one thing that's really going to scale and accelerate sales. So again, that changed a little bit over the years. So that is really Play Cafe Academy. That's where I am with that. With Digital Brand Envy, it's still pretty new since I relaunched it. So right now I'm still in the content creation phase and I'm really focusing on my podcast and streamlining things there. And once I get more members into my membership, then I'm going to kind of shift and say, okay, I'm going to still put out content, but if I need to take a couple weeks off, I know that I have you know hundreds of blogs, hundreds of YouTube videos, hundreds of podcast episodes. Um, well, actually I have about 38 podcast episodes, but the point is, is that I have already laid a great content foundation so that if I need to, co- to take a couple weeks off, I can do that and my business would continue to run just fine. What I can't take time off from is making sure that my students are consuming my content and getting results, tangible results that I can point to and say, hey, are you thinking about joining this paid program? Here's what you can expect. Here are some examples of results. That's what's going to move the needle in my business now that it's established more so than content creation. So as you can see, again, that shifted over time. So it really just depends on where you're at. Now, when I had my brick and mortar business, Climbing Vines Cafe and Play, our Queen Bee role was completely different. Yes, content creation was important, but it was not the most important thing. We focused on birthday parties and our queen bee role was birthday parties. And even more specifically, it was making sure that adult guests had a great time at birthday parties. And why was that the most important thing in our business? You know, you're probably surprised thinking, you know, oh, I'm surprised that open play and getting people in the door isn't your most, you know, your queen bee role. Wouldn't that be? No, our main revenue stream for Climbing Vines, our biggest profit margins are kind of our go-to thing that we were known for in our area was premier birthday parties. And I knew based on my experience that as long as the adult guests walked away saying, oh my gosh, my children had so much fun. I can't believe how clean it was. I can't believe how organized it was. I can't believe, you know, how safe it was now that we're in kind of that mid to post COVID-19 era. If I could guarantee that all of the adult guests, both parents and family members, would walk out being completely amazed and blown away by our birthday parties, I knew that they would refer us to their friends, their family, anyone that needed a premier birthday party venue for a baby or a toddler. So that is what we really focused on when we were putting our packages together because At Climbing Vines, we really served first and second birthday parties. So at that age, children don't have a ton of opinions. You know, as long as we have a great play area and they get their birthday cake, they're usually pretty happy. So because we were already really confident in our offerings for children, 
we put all of our effort in making sure that the adult guests had a great time. You know, how could we improve our cafe menu during our parties? How can we make it so that the party parents have it so have such a seamless experience that they don't even really need to think about any of the details. They can just walk in, everything is done for them, and they can really spend their day making memories with their family and they don't have to be running around serving food and cleaning up and making sure everyone has a drink and making sure everyone has food and kind of picking up napkins and stuff. We wanted to make sure that it was such a seamless, you know, relaxing experience for all the adult guests that we could rely on that word of mouth mouth income. And again, yes, we blogged. Yes, we posted on Instagram. Yes, we posted on Facebook. Yes, we looked at open play and we did online sales. But I knew that as long as we could just focus on making sure adult guests had a great time at all of our birthday parties, I knew that we'd be able to pay our employees. We'd be able to pay all of our bills. And even if everything else dropped off the map, we would still be able to, again, not only pay our bills, but also make money for ourselves. So when you're sitting down and thinking about what your QBR role is, think about what generates the most leads in your business, what generates the most sales, what are the money-making tasks in your business? And again, if you need more clarity around this topic, definitely read the book uh, Clockwork by Mike Michalowicz. Another good one is the book Lynchpin. So it's really thinking about that one task that is most important in your business. So when I looked at my task list, knowing what my QBR is for each of my specific businesses, I took every single task and I looked at which ones were related to the queen bee role and which ones were not. And I took the ones that were not related, so more of like admin type stuff, more manual type stuff, stuff that wasn't directly involved in content content creation or student success. And I made that list and I started tracking my time. So I use Asana for my task list. So I wrote down all of these tasks that I thought would be a good fit to delegate. And I spent an entire week timing how long every single task took me. And based on how easy each task was, based on how long it took, I identified the tasks that were taking me away from my queen bee roles the most. So it was the tasks that were very manual, that were repetitive, that were taking me the most time. And those are the tasks that I'm going to talk about in this episode that, again, I really highlighted as the ones that were taking me away from my queen bee role the most, because that's what's you know taking me away from my genius zone and taking me away from actually making sales in my business. So after that, after I timed how much time things were taking me, I spent another week using Loom. So it's just L-O-O-M. It is a free Chrome extension. And now that I knew how long things were going to take me and I really identified the tasks that I was going to outsource, I actually recorded myself doing these tasks. So instead of sitting down and training someone face-to-face, because again, you know, virtual assistants and contractors, they come and go. They're not permanent positions. So I really wanted to do these video recordings so that whether I hired, you know, this VA or if a month from now I decide to hire a different VA, they can just continually watch those training videos. Or, you know, if they just need a refresher, these training videos that I could, that I created are going to be applicable to any contractor, any VA I hire, not just one specific VA. So I'm not going to need to spend any time sitting down, you know, face-to-face training these people. I'm going to just be able to say, here, here's this Google Doc. Look at these Loom videos. This is exactly how you do it from start to finish. And again, it all goes back to organization. Organization is really the key to making any contractor, any virtual assistant, any team member work. 
So again, I spent an entire week losing, using Loom, and I recorded myself doing every single task that I'm going to be talking about in this episode today. And I organized all of the weekly tasks for each specific contractor because I'm a huge fan of hiring contractors for specific tasks. So if somebody is specifically you know, involved with YouTube, I will hire a YouTube virtual assistant. If somebody is you know, very savvy in social media, I will hire that person only for social media. So I have a specific task list for every single contractor and virtual assistant that I have. So I spent time uh, mapping out these tasks. I spent time organizing all of the links and all of the images they'll need, which I'll talk about in a second. And then I actually recorded these videos so that they wouldn't need to involve me at all. I would just be able to send this and say, okay, here are all of my credentials. Here's all of uh, my instructional videos. And there you go. And then again, if I needed to hire a new virtual assistant, I could just do the exact same thing and it wouldn't take me any additional work effort and less a process ended up changing. But I had been doing this a long time by now. I had really finalized my processes. So I felt really, really good about every single process that I recorded by now. I had really trimmed all of the fat and made sure that I was doing everything the best possible way. So something else that I did before I hired a virtual assistant and before I mapped out all of these tasks is I created a couple different spreadsheets and Google documents that are now kind of like the Bible of my business. So number one, I have a spreadsheet with all of my free and paid content. So it's just a a Google sheet and there's one tab for all of my podcast episodes. So title and link, all of my blogs, title and link, all of my YouTube videos, title and link, all of my free lead magnets for both Play Cafe Academy and Digital Brand Envy. So all of my eBooks, my free masterclasses and things like that. And then also a link to all of my paid content. So courses, workshops, one-on-one calendar stuff, all of that stuff I have organized in a Google Sheet because not only does it help with when people need to respond to an email, they're not going to have to reach out to me and say, hey, somebody's asking for the link to purchase Play Cafe Academy. You know, where is it? Somebody's looking for this free resource that you talked about. Where is it? I have it all completely organized in a Google spreadsheet. And actually, I'm going to be having my virtual assistant update it every single time I put a new piece of content out there. But Again, I'm going to talk about this for a second in a second, but I made sure I made the spreadsheet ahead of time so that anyone that was posting for me on social media or anyone that was doing any type of work for me had all of these links and titles available at the tip of their fingers at any time. Another document I created before I hired anyone is all of my brand colors and fonts because if somebody's doing social media or making web tweaks or doing any graphic design work they need to know what my brand colors and fonts are because i found that if you don't tell anyone they'll guess and that would just really result in a really incohesive brand and that's not something that any of us want another google folder that i made in google drive is all approved images for social media and that includes just still images and includes videos clips and boomerangs so i have an instagram folder with all of the content that i want to use for instagram and i have a subfolder in there that the virtual assistant can slide things over to once things have been posted so that we're not reusing content a ton so i just this morning uh, uploaded about 300 pictures in there Uh, pictures, videos, boomerangs, clips, all that good stuff. And every single time the virtual assistant is going to post on Instagram, again, she's going to slide what she used into the posted folder so that we don't have to reuse things for basically another year. 
Um, and I really don't like to reuse content on Instagram. So that is also something that I created. Um, and yeah, I also have all of my headshot images. So anytime she's needing specifically a headshot, I have all of that there too. And again, just to reiterate before I get into the actual episode, I know this is a super long intro, but to reiterate, organization is the key to making this work. If you do not have all of your content organized, all of your processes organized, all of your tasks organized, nobody is going to help you be able to help you with your business. It's going to actually end up taking you more time to hire someone. You're going to spend so much time communicating with them and giving them assignments and just figuring out what you're going to have them do. And that's not going to benefit anyone, right? That's basically what I was doing about a year from now. I was spending almost all of my time delegating and figuring out what they were going to do and communicating and training that I was not participating in my queen bee role at all. And that was the whole point in hiring a team was making sure that I could focus on things that only I could do those big money making needle moving tasks in my business. So make sure that you're organized, make sure everything is documented. And again, clockwork by Mike Michalowicz could not recommend it enough. All right. But without further ado, I am going to share with you the nine specific tasks that I am now starting to outsource. Let's do this. You're listening to the Digital Brand Envy Podcast, where we believe creating an impactful customer journey is the biggest opportunity to grow any business. Sales funnel strategist Michelle Caruana will let you in behind the scenes of the campaigns and launches her team is working on while highlighting what's working and what's not to attract an audience and convert them into customers and raving fans so you can achieve your own envy-worthy brand. This is probably one of the only instances ever where my introduction is actually going to be longer than the actual episode, but I really felt like it was important to give you guys that foundation and really be transparent about the struggles that I've had with delegating and hiring team members because it did take me a long time to figure out which tasks I should delegate and all that good stuff. I already talked about it, so I'm not going to go over it again, but I am now just going to get to the specific tasks that I am going to outsource and to whom. And at the end, I'm also going to give a little bonus and mention some tasks that I'm still keeping on my plate for now. Even though they're not technically QBR related, a couple of them are, a couple of them are not, but I'm going to explain why I'm keeping them on my plate for now. And I'm also going to disclose my future plans for maybe delegating them, maybe not delegating them. All right. So the first task that I'm going to offload is Facebook posting. So this is just one thing that I know is important to keep up with consistency and all that good stuff, especially because I'm running so many different Facebook ads. I know that Facebook takes into account how consistently a business is using Facebook for marketing purposes, not just for ads purposes, also for organic posting. So, and I know that I have about a thousand followers on my Play Cafe Academy page, and I want to make sure that I'm communicating with them and that I'm putting valuable content out there. So because I have so much content created, this was a really easy task to outsource. So I'm having my virtual assistant post on Facebook seven times a week. So we use Buffer for both Facebook and Instagram scheduling. So I'm going to have her schedule seven posts a week. I'm going to have her do this monthly. So once a month, she's going to sit down and schedule an entire month's worth of Facebook posts. 
Now, I mentioned the spreadsheet that I have with all of my free content links, so all of my podcast episodes, blogs, YouTubes, all that stuff, my, my lead magnets. I'm going to have her pull all of the list, uh, all of the links from there. So it's actually going to be very easy for her. So all she really has to do is choose a blog that she wants to share. I have it broken down where I'm going to have her share four YouTube videos, two blogs, and one relevant podcast. I know that not every podcast is going to be relevant to my Play Cafe Academy audience, so I'm going to give her the benefit of the doubt to use her common sense about which podcast episodes would be relevant to the Play Cafe Academy Facebook page. So all she has to do is go into the spreadsheet, pick one YouTube video, grab the description from YouTube. I might have her change up the descriptions a little bit. I mean, I have over 70 videos, so there's a lot of content without having to do any overlapping or you know, sharing the same post again frequently. So I'm just going to have her for now grab the description from YouTube and the link from YouTube and just go ahead and share it right on Facebook. I don't need to have her worry about choosing an image or a video because YouTube actually just pulls the thumbnail. And I work really hard on my thumbnails, so I'm just going to have her go with the thumbnail and just have uh, Facebook pull in that metadata from YouTube, and she doesn't have to worry about doing a clip or you know anything like that. I haven't found that it makes a big difference to use like a clip versus a thumbnail. So I know that takes a ton of time. I'm not going to worry about that. So that's task number one. And I'm estimating that that's going to take about 30 minutes a week because that is, it took me about 15 minutes to plan a week's worth of post outs, um, a, a week's worth of posts. But I know that it's probably going to take somebody a little bit longer who's not as familiar with my business. So I'm delegating 30 minutes to that task. The second task is going to be Instagram posts, again, using Buffer. So I'm only going to have my virtual assistant do four Instagram posts. And that's because while I do plan on posting every single day, I also think it's very important to include really authentic in-the-moment posts. So I'm going to choose four days a week where I'm going to have content ready to go. So craft ideas, sharing blogs, YouTube videos, things like that, sharing professional images that I've had taken of me and my site. I'm going to choose four days a week where I'm going to have her schedule uh, Instagram posts specifically. So let's say it's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Then I know that I'm responsible for doing a more in-the-moment, authentic, on-the-spot post Friday, Saturday, and Sunday if I want to decide to continue posting daily. Now, I'm going to have her use that exact same spreadsheet and, again, that folder of social media approved images that I have. So there's over 300 in there right now. So if she's only doing four Instagram posts per week, it's going to take a really long time to get through all of those images. And they're images that I've never shared before. So I'm also giving a little bit of additional direction. I'm giving her a base set of hashtags. So you can do up to 30 hashtags per post on Instagram. I have a base hashtag use of about 20, and these are things that I've researched. I've purchased tools to really do this, this hashtag research and figure out, okay, what's the best mix? What are my competitors using? Where are my people hanging out? So what hashtags are my ideal customers following? Things like that. And that's what I include in my 20 base hashtags. Now the other 10 hashtags, and I don't really always recommend using all 30, but for this case, I'm just going to say, yes, let's just use all 30 because that's what's available to us. For the additional 10, I'm going to ask that she 
add hashtags that are relevant to that specific post. So for example, if she's posting about a cafe or coffee or something like that, the additional 10 hashtags will be cafe related and coffee related. Now, if we're talking about a craft idea, it's going to be more craft related. So kids craft ideas, toddler craft ideas, things like that. If it's more focused on a birthday party, they're going to be birthday party related hashtags. So I think you're getting the picture here, but basically I'm giving her some set of direction and then also some creativeness because I know that Instagram doesn't like when you just use the exact same 30 hashtags all the time. They like when you mix it up and it gets you in front of more people, more people following different hashtags and things like that. So again, just to recap, she's going to be posting on my Play Cafe Academy Facebook page, and she's going to be scheduling on my Play Cafe Academy Instagram. Now, the third task that she's going to be doing is she's going to be posting and scheduling my blogs. So I write a blog in Google Docs every single week, but I don't do a lot of formatting. I don't insert images. I don't do any of that stuff. So I'm just focusing on writing the content. So I will still be in Google Docs writing that blog every single week. And I like to batch this task. So I might write like four blogs in one week and then schedule them out for the next month. But I noticed when I was recording my time on how much I was spending on things, this was taking me like a full 30 minutes every single week because of all that formatting and inserting images. And you have to select, you know, an SEO image and you have to do an SEO description and you have to create a link and it's a whole thing. And then, um, there's just a lot that goes into it. I blog on Kajabi, by the way. So what I'm going to be doing now is I'm just going to be uploading that blog to Google Drive, and then my virtual assistant is going to be grabbing that Google Doc, and she's going to be doing the posting, the scheduling, all of that formatting and stuff in Kajabi. And that's going to free up about 30 minutes of my time every single week. And again, I recorded exact directions on how to do this. So if she needs a refresher or, you know, when she's just getting started, she's going to see exactly what it looks like to take a blog from Google Docs and put it into Kajabi. And then after that, she's going to move that new blog because how I have my Google Drive organized is I put my new blog in one specific spot and then I have her move it to a posted folder so that when she logs into the blogs folder, there's only one there or all, all of the ones that haven't been posted yet. So she knows right away, okay, these ones have not been posted. These ones have been posted. So after she goes ahead and hits the schedule button or the post button, she just goes ahead and slides that over so that it doesn't accidentally get reposted. And again, that takes about 30 minutes. All right, the fourth task that I'm going to have her do is she's going to publish my blog onto LinkedIn. So I have a very specific process for this. I don't just take the link and share it onto LinkedIn. I actually create an article from scratch on LinkedIn, and I found that that really helps boost my reach and get more eyes on my content because I know that not everybody uses Facebook. LinkedIn is another platform where a completely different audience lives. So I actually have her take that same Google Doc that I created for my blog and create an article on LinkedIn. And again, it's a very different strategy. So I recorded the video of exactly what that looks like and how to actually, after she posts it, share it to my LinkedIn feed. And that takes about 30 minutes. The fifth task that I'm going to outsource is posting and scheduling my podcasts. So I use the exact same process as my blogs. I am going to go ahead and script and record my own podcast. That's going to be something that I'm going to still do. And I'm going to have her write my show notes and then actually post the podcast episode. So I'm going to talk about this in a little bit. I'm not going to have my virtual assistant do this, but I do outsource podcast editing. So 
basically all I do is I sit down, I script through a pod, the podcast, I record it, and then I let somebody else edit it and I'm going to let somebody else post it because my biggest queen bee role again when I was just getting started and still now is creating content. So I want to make sure that I'm spending all of my time scripting, recording, scripting, recording. I don't want to spend all this time creating show notes and posting and posting it on social media. That actually takes more time than scripting it and recording it. And that's not a good use of my time because really anybody could do that. Not everybody could hop on my podcast and record an episode. Not everybody has the expertise to actually script the episodes. So I really felt like it was important to remove these tasks from my list. So again, she's going to go into Google Drive, look for the podcast episode. She's going to grab the show notes from the introduction. She's going to move them around a little bit. Again, I included video instructions for this. And I recorded instructions on how to actually get that podcast episode, the audio, the show notes, all that stuff into Anchor, which is where I host my podcast. And Anchor is great because it automatically publishes it on all of the different platforms. All right, the sixth task that I'm going to have a virtual assistant do is she's going to actually update all of my folders. So I mentioned in the introduction that I have really organized spreadsheets with all of my content links and things like that. So every single time she puts a blog out there or a podcast out there and she actually hits publish, she's going to be updating that spreadsheet to make sure that it has the most up-to-date information on it. Now that only takes me a couple minutes every single week, but it's just another task that I have to stop whatever I'm doing to do. And if I'm only having about 10 hours of childcare per week, not including when you know I go on vacation or when our nanny goes on vacation, that's just one more thing that I don't want to have to worry about because it's something anyone could do. So that is finally going to be off my plate. All right, the seventh task that I'm going to have my virtual assistant do, and this is the last last task for the virtual assistant is general admin type stuff. And I am delegating about two hours to this. Now the bulk of this is going to be towards answering emails. So I get a lot of the same emails every single week. A lot of them are, you know, is Play Cafe Academy right for me? Is Digital Brand Envy right for me? Where can I find this link? Where can I find this link? And stuff like that. So one more thing I did to get ready for hiring a virtual assistant is I actually created templates for her to use. So I looked at the like 20 most common emails I get based on, you know, three years in business and I created templated responses. So every single time an email comes in, as long as it kind of fits one of these 20 questions that I get, she can just go in copy and paste the template and then tweak if she needs to. So like, for example, a lot of people will say is play cafe Academy right for me. I don't, I didn't go to business school. She can kind of tweak it based on that specific question or, you know, is the business plan toolkit right for me? What's included? She can kind of tweak it a little bit to make sure that that specific question is getting answered, not just regurgitate, you know, the templated response. So those templates are really going to help her communicate with my customers at a very high level because what I didn't want to happen is I didn't want, when I started delegating, I didn't want my customer service to drop off. I didn't want someone who didn't know my business, didn't know my content to be talking to my customers, 
So instead of, you know, spending hundreds of hours getting somebody fully accustomed to my business, I created these templates that I felt were really genuine. They were in my voice and they gave a ton of information that a virtual assistant just wouldn't know about my business. So she can kind of take this 80% completed template and just fill in those little 20% of the details of that specific question and then hit send. And it's actually going to elevate my level of customer service that I'm able to provide because she's going to be able to answer a lot quicker than me because you know, when I have all of these tasks on my plate, especially my queen bee role, I just can't spend time answering all of these emails. And if I do, it takes me days to respond. So I'm going to be able to give more thorough responses, not just, you know, on a whim from my phone at the playground, but I'm going to be able to respond to these people a lot faster. And I think that people are going to see a great increase in the level of customer service they're going to receive from me. Now, the other two things that I'm going to have her do that are more admin related are scheduling podcast guests and guest experts. So I have a calendar link with a templated email that I send to anyone who reaches out who's interested in being a guest on the podcast or who's interested in being a guest expert in one of my memberships. So I'm going to provide her with those templates. And again, it's about 80% done, the template, and then she just has to fill in the extra 20%. And she's going to go ahead and send them the link to my calendar, instructions, you know, maybe a survey to see if it's a good fit, something like that. And then another thing that I spend a lot of time doing is pre-interview prep work. So a couple of days before the email, I always, you know, make sure they have the zoom link that they need. I make sure they have the, you know, they've sent me a headshot and they've sent me a description um, and a bio and, you know, some test questions and things like that. So I have these templates that I am right now manually sending every single week as pre-interview prep. And now I'm just going to have my virtual assistant kind of, she has access to my calendar and she's going to look at the week ahead and say, okay, Who's the guest expert she's talking to? You know, what interviews is Michelle doing? And she's going to look at the calendar and she's going to go ahead and send those emails out. Now, could I use something like HoneyBook or, you know, an expensive tool that kind of sends these emails out automatically for me? Yes, I could. But because, you know, I don't do these email, these interviews all the time, I do a lot of solo shows. You know, sometimes I will batch guest experts. I'm just really not at a place where I need to invest in a tool like that yet. Do I plan on doing that down the road? Sure. But right now, you know, it's pretty easy enough where I can have a virtual assistant manage this task. And again, for all of those admin tasks, so answering emails, scheduling and communicating with podcast guests, and scheduling and communicating with guest experts, that I'm delegating about two hours a week because I know that, you know, some stuff takes a little bit longer. This also accounts for, you know, any communication I have with her. So I think two hours is going to be good for that, but we'll have to see how that goes. All right, now the two other things that I kind of alluded to already that I'm not going to have my virtual assistant do, but I'm going to have a contractor do is podcast editing because, you know, it's just not really something that I think is beneficial for me to learn. Um, so right now my husband uh, edits my podcasts and he's really good at it. He does it in GarageBand. It takes him just a few minutes because I tend to do, you know, intro, episode, intro, episode. You know, I don't have a lot of fancy editing that I need because I kind of just go off the fly right now. So right now he edits my podcast episode. So as soon as I finish recording, I go ahead and slide the audio files into Google Drive and then I throw a task up in Asana that he needs to 
complete this editing. And then as soon as it's done editing, my virtual assistant gets a ping and says, okay, this podcast episode is ready to go. You're good to create the show notes and schedule it and all that good stuff. And again, in the Google Doc, I got a little bit more specific with her saying, okay, what days are podcast episodes going to be scheduled? What time? All that good stuff. So podcast editing is something that I do not do and I don't plan on doing. Another thing that I don't do is YouTube video editing or YouTube video posting. So I choose to hire a contractor that is really great with YouTube and he edits my videos, he creates the thumbnails, and he actually does the research to figure out, okay, which tags are appropriate for this video, what description is appropriate for this video based on the keywords and all that stuff. So all I really do is I do the keyword research ahead of time. So I figure out, okay, what are people searching for on YouTube? What information do people need? And that's how I plan my content calendar. So I don't just come up with these YouTube topics that I do, you know, out of thin air, I actually do research based on what people are searching for and what I think people will enjoy hearing on YouTube. So that's how I plan my content out. And then I literally just record an intro and then I record the video. You know, sometimes I do vlogs and sometimes I do, you know, guest expert interviews, but a lot of times it's just me giving information to the camera, to my YouTube channel. So I just record it, slide it into Google Drive. He gets a notification that there's a new file to edit and then he takes care of it. So I generally upload to YouTube on Wednesdays and he knows that. So he has that schedule all worked out. And again, he does the thumbnail, the description, all that good stuff. All right, so those are the nine tasks that I am outsourcing. And for the virtual assistant alone, that's about five hours a week I'm saving. And for the podcast editing and YouTube editing, I'm not even going to venture to guess how long it would take me to do all of that stuff on my own, but probably upwards of like 10 hours, just because it's not something I'm familiar with. I would have to spend a lot of time to learn it, and it's just not my genius zone. So it would take me a lot longer to complete these tasks than the contractors would. All right, so as promised, the tasks that I'm keeping and I'm going to do myself um, number one, I'm going to keep posting in my membership groups. So my Digital Brand Envy membership group and my Play Cafe Academy uh, Playmaker Society membership group. Because my queen bee role, my most important needle moving task is getting results for my clients and for my members. So I really want to live and breathe those members. I want to nurture them. I want to make sure that I'm touching base with them. I want to be in there every single day answering questions. I want to listen to them. I want to survey them. I want to listen to the words that they're using. I want to record the questions that they're asking because that is the biggest money-making task in my business is making sure that those members get success. So that is something that I am going to continue doing. And I honestly probably won't delegate for a very long time. Now, will I eventually likely hire a community manager to you know, go in and schedule recurring posts and go ahead and schedule some content posts and you know, I'll probably eventually have somebody answer questions and things like that. But for now, because this is such an important task in my business and it's so important for me that these people get success, I'm going to keep this task. Now, the next, next task that I'm keeping is blog writing and podcast scripting and recording and YouTube scripting and recording. So all of the content that I create every single week for my business, I'm keeping this on my plate because this is my genius zone. This is what I do best. I've acquainted people already with my face and my voice and my expertise and my teaching style and things like that. So it's really important for me to keep those things on my plate. Now, I've been hired in the past by companies to write blogs and things like that. And 
you know, a lot of times I'll just send me like a couple bullet points and I'll flush it out and blog for them. But for me, because I'm a pretty gifted writer and I enjoy writing and I believe that this is a task inside of my genius zone, I'm not going to delegate it. Now, if you're a doctor or someone who is just not naturally inclined to to writing and you're really, really busy doing a ton of different things, you know, in your business, then you might want to outsource blog writing. But because I have such a specific set of knowledge and because I actually enjoy this, again, I'm keeping all content creation on my plate. Now, I know a lot of people who are bigger podcasters with bigger followings, they'll actually have people script their podcast episodes and YouTube videos, and then they'll just kind of record them because, you know, they're either the face or the voice of their show. But I'm really not at that place yet. I'm still finding my voice. I'm still, you know, wanting to be all hands on deck in terms of content creation and making sure that everything is cohesive and consistent and, you know, is very actionable. So I'm keeping all of those tasks on my plate. Something else that I'm keeping on my plate is all of my Facebook ad campaign, all of my Instagram ad campaign management. And that's because, again, this is something that I've spent so much time and money learning about. This is my secret sauce. This is what I use to take my business to the next level. I use ads to build my email list. I use ads to get people into my paid offers. I use ads to promote my videos. I have really nailed down you know, how I can have these ads running in the background of my business to really take everything to the next level and scale. So most of my ads are evergreen, meaning that they're running constantly. And I very rarely create like a brand new ad. Now, if I'm coming out with a new course or a new freebie or something like that, then yes, I'll have to create a new ad from scratch. But because I have all of the training and all of the knowledge, this is a task that I'm absolutely keeping on my plate. And I probably will never hire this out. Now, will I maybe hire somebody to manage the campaigns after I've launched them and make sure that they're performing well and make any of those little tweaks necessary? Yeah, maybe. But for right now, I find it very manageable to do this myself. Now, if you don't have a lot of the Facebook ad training that I have, and if your mind just doesn't work in that number statistics way, then you might want to consider outsourcing this. However, I highly recommend investing in at least a little bit of Facebook ads training first because unfortunately, Facebook ads and Instagram ads and YouTube ads and Google ads, it's a pretty low barrier to entry in that um, industry. You know, anybody can put up a Facebook ad and say that they're an expert, basically. There's really no, you know, there's not a whole lot stopping people from kind of taking your money and really not knowing what to do with it. So you have to be really, really careful. Being a Facebook ads manager or an Instagram ads manager or Google ads manager is very trendy right now. So if you just spend the time investing in your own knowledge and at least trying some things yourself first, not only is it going to reduce the overall money that you're going to have to spend to pay someone because you did a lot of the testing by yourself, but it's also going to protect you against getting taken advantage of. Because again, there are a lot of quote unquote quote, experts and gurus out there that really have no idea what they're doing. And hiring an inexperienced or not a good fit Facebook ads manager is one of the fastest ways to flush money down the toilet. And I don't say that to scare you, but again, I really highly recommend becoming dangerous, at least in Facebook and Instagram ads and Google ads before you hire out. It's worth your time and money investing in this knowledge, even if you don't plan on doing it forever. Because again, it's going to help you communicate with whoever you hire and it's going to help you ensure that they're actually doing a good job because the metrics can be a little bit confusing to read. The cost per conversion can be hard to understand. So 
when I think about all of the things that are worth it versus not worth it in your business in terms of time and money, learning at least the basics and becoming dangerous dangerous with Facebook, Instagram, and Google ads and YouTube ads is very, very important for your long-term business success. And if you're a local business, if you're a small local business, I actually recommend that you never hire out Facebook ads because your targeting is going to be so simplified. I would invest your time and knowledge into learning it and at least doing it yourself or maybe having a team member do it. But I would not recommend hiring an agency or a contractor because they don't know your business. They don't know your customers. You're going to write the best copy for your business. You're going to be able to respond to all the comments in the most genuine and authentic way. And I have to be honest, you know, probably shouldn't say this as a Facebook ads expert who takes on clients, but for local business, it's really not that hard. There are so many courses on Udemy and all, you know, there's tons of ads courses out there for like less than $100 that can give you all the tools you need to start testing, start figuring out what works. Because for local businesses, it's going to cost you way, way, way more money and time down the road to hire an agency or a contractor because you're going to have to really communicate them with them. You're going to have to really rein in their copy because, again, they don't know your business. They don't know your customers. And Facebook ads management is generally, if they know what they're doing, it's very expensive. I don't even look at a potential client's ad account for less than $500. And for $500, you or yourself could become an expert in Facebook ads for your local business. So I'm going to get off my soapbox now, but that is something that I truly believe local businesses should keep in-house just because of time and money. All right, I'm also going to keep writing and sending emails on my plate. So every single time I publish a new piece of content, so whether it's um, you know YouTube video, podcast, or blog, I send out an email to my list alerting them that there's something new out there. And when I create a new lead magnet, I have to write an email sequence. When I create a new masterclass or a new course, I have to write a series of emails. And because I have spent so much time and money investing in how to be a great conversion copywriter, how to communicate with your audience, I feel comfortable doing this task. And I think that this is another one of my secret sauce items that I really use to take my business to the next level. So I will probably never hire this task out. You know, I might hire somebody to make tweaks or make changes or make automation changes, but I really enjoy writing emails because I understand my audience best. And this really goes into that QBR role of getting my member success. I want to make sure that they understand what my free content is offering. I want to make sure that if somebody opts into one of my free classes, that they are you know, moving into my paid offers and that once they move into my paid offers, that they're actually using them, consuming them, and getting success with them. So to me, writing and sending emails is part of my QBR role. Now, three other things that I'm kind of including in my in the next task that I'm keeping on my plate is new course content. So anytime I'm making updates, you know, I, that is my program. It's my face. It's my voice. It's my name. So I am going to continue making updates to all of my courses and programs. And when I do that, I have to create a new slide deck and I have to create new graphics and things like that. So I use Canva. I've used it for years. I'm pretty dangerous with it. So I'm not going to be outsourcing any graphic design right now. I know how to make really high converting graphics and ads and thumbnails and all that good stuff. So anytime I create a new offer or I have to launch a new ad or I have to update my courses, I have to do, again, the slide decks, which I use, which I create in Canva, and I have to do the graphics and I have to actually script and record the content. So all three of those things I'm keeping on my plate because, again, 
That is a QBR role that is getting my student success, whether it's from a free product or one of my paid courses. All right, so I hope this episode gave you a lot of clarity about what I'm outsourcing. And if you see yourself in my business at all, if you are finding yourself really struggling keeping up with Instagram and Facebook and all of the things, all of the different working parts in your business, I hope this gave you some really clear practical steps about how you can not only get ready to hire a virtual assistant or a contractor, you know, all the stuff you need to get together, all of the best training videos that you need to create, but I hope it also gave you some confidence in delegating the tasks and figuring out how much time each thing is going to take and giving you the actual step-by-step instructions on how to hire somebody and what they should be doing. I will see you guys next week. And if you guys found this episode helpful, please leave a written review. I appreciate it so much. Wherever you're listening, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify, a five-star review and a written comment is so, so helpful. All right. I will see you guys next week with another episode. Have a great week.